first of all, if you haven't watched episode nine of the third season of Star Trek Picard, do it now before you listen to this, because this is going to be a spoiler filled episode. So go away and come back now. Having said all that, it's Thursday, April 13th, as we record. My birthday is not until Tuesday, and yet I got finally the present I have longed for ever since I met actor Elizabeth Dennehy, the return of Captain, no, now Admiral Elizabeth Shelby to the Star Trek universe. Elizabeth, what was it like to strap on the uniform again? You're too kind. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 854, Admiral Shelby Returns. Star Trek Picard is near the end of its third and final season, and it's been an absolutely glorious ride, made even more so by the return of Admiral Shelby, the intrepid Borg fighter who appeared in the memorable cliffhanger episode The Best of Both Worlds Part 1, which ended Star Trek Next Generation's third season, and The Best of Both Worlds Part 2, which opened season 4. Fans have long wondered what happened to then-Lieutenant Commander Shelby, and my friend Elizabeth Dennehy, who plays her, is a popular fixture on the convention circuit, so I was thrilled by her reappearance on the show, and even more thrilled by her reappearance here on the podcast. We started our conversation by talking about the most unforgiving part of being in Starfleet, the uniform. I was very pleased and hugely relieved that it wasn't uh, the skin-tight spandex jumpsuit. Um, It was a beautiful tailored suit, and I wish I had it now because I loved, I felt like so badass in it. So very, very nice that they moved away from those horrible, um, felt like you were putting on a condom. And you couldn't eat, you couldn't eat anything, like uh, eat an apple, it showed. Uh, So... (laughs) Very, very grateful for that. Um, it it was uh, it's a huge compliment. It's very flattering, and it 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 was so weird because, I, um, so I shot it at the end of February last year, February twenty two in two thousand twenty two, the previous November. So November twenty twenty one, I was asked to do a convention in London. Now remember, this is still like. You have to have vaccine, proof of vaccination. You're flying. You have to wear a mask, like still in the thick of it. Um, and, you know, of course, James and I, any excuse to go to London. So I did a convention in London in 2021 when we had to be tested every single morning before getting being allowed in the convention uh, hall. And I met for the first time Alice Yes. So I'd never met her before. And we spent some time together. And it was, she's absolutely lovely. Alice Krieg, of course, played not only the Borg Queen in the, in the movie, but worked with your dad, I think. So I knew her because when I was a student in London at Lambda, of course, this is my geekdom. 
she was Roxanne when Derek Jacobi did Cyrano de Bergerac. So I knew her from, from, you know, back in the day, early days, and we had, you know, been a fangirl about her for that. And so got to tell her how much that meant to me. Seeing that show was, you know, beyond incredible. And she worked with my father. And this is such a weird topic of conversation. But she was talking about how, what a gentleman he was to work with her. And I can't remember the name of the show, but some TV movie where he had to physically assault her and that how, and she's this teeny tiny little woman. So of course I'm horrified to hear this. And she said he was such an absolute gentleman. So that was nice to hear. That yeah, while, that's incredibly nice to hear. While he was climbing on top of her, he was a total gentleman. So really nice to hear. So when I remember, like I, you know, you and I have talked about this. I don't understand how Twitter works, really. I it, it scares me. So I took a picture with her, a selfie, and I put it out on the Twitter machine, and people went kind of crazy. I mean, I'm not very active, and so for me to get two thousand likes and retweets is a big deal. And I came back from London, um, November, whatever it was on a Sunday, got home and Monday morning, my phone call from my agent asking about my availability for Picard. And I thought, wow, that was some tweet. (laughs) I have no, I had, I mean, it was so weird that after 30 years of nothing of radio silence of just nothing no you know no inquiries nothing to for that to happen on the same day was just so bizarre so I still I asked Jonathan about it and he was like huh what I have no idea so nobody I don't know I don't know it it was just very strange so just just coincidence as as far as we know but I mean but that is an amazing not to, to to add a compliment to your tweet, it's an amazing um, uh, combination of famous Borg fighter Captain Shelby and Borg Queen in the same selfie. That's for those Star Trek nerds like us. That's pretty incredible. It was pretty incredible. I mean, you know me. I I'm sorry, listeners. I never watched the show. I didn't watch it before. I didn't watch it since. I'm I'm a to- I have such imposter syndrome. I've totally well earned imposter syndrome. Like I am an imposter, um, but I so but I knew enough to know that that was going to be a big deal. Right. That that was kind of huge. Um. So yeah, that was that was a special moment. She's lovely. Could not be more delightful. So you shot it at the end of February of 2022, just over a year ago, and. Uh, in May of 2022, uh, just under a year ago, you and I were driving to an event in the Valley in Los Angeles, and I said to you, I said to you, Elizabeth, when are they going to bring back Captain Shelby? Come on. And you are a tremendous actor, but you're <laughs> not that good. And the look on your face was just like, oh, the cat who'd eaten the cream. The oh, It was... Yeah. it. It was delightful. You couldn't keep it off your face. And that revealed a secret I have kept until today. Yes, I, you know, I I was torn because I knew that I was going to see you that day. And I said to James, you know, my family doesn't even know. I didn't even tell my sisters. They don't care. But I uh, really just kind of, I just trained my brain to forget that it happened. Just forget. Because I had no idea when it was going to air. 
And I think it was very smart that they shot um, uh, uh, seasons two and three at the same time. Very, very smart. Mm. But I didn't know if it was going to be more fun for you to not know it all and then see it or to be looking forward to it. Well, that's interesting because it was it was it was you know what I can't I don't know I'll never know but it was enormous fun knowing that you were coming in episode nine and seeing how magnificently Terry Madalus has put together this season because it is smart dramatically it is it is really smart nostalgically he is clearly a fan. Um, so I had these, well, of course, I, I figured, oh, well, the big bad must be the Borg, because I know that they're going to bring uh, uh, Shelby back, who's Sorry, a famous- it ruined it for you. I should not- No, it didn't, but it didn't ruin, I mean, this is this is how good the series has been. It it you it lays a little a, a couple of Borg Easter eggs early on, but then it goes in a completely different direction in terms of the villain, and you sort of forget about it. And then it becomes clear just in this episode, just in the episode that you're coming. And so I had imagined the ways in which Shelby might be brought into the story. But the way her character was utilized is phenomenal from a fan standpoint, but also incredibly bittersweet. Because I thought, oh, well, she's not going to be a Borg fighter, but she's commanding she's in the captain's chair of the enterprise mm -hmm. you are now the second com commander of the enterprise that i've interviewed on the podcast after scott bacula <laughs> was that scott bacula and i did quantum leap together he directed the episode i did of that so everybody knows everybody now you're not a you're not a Star Trek nerd. That's well established. But did that mean anything to you to sit in the commander's chair of the enterprise? To know that you were coming, that to, to know the legacy into which you are um, uh, jumping into. I had no idea what ship I was on. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. Wow. But you know what? The I have I believe that um, it's a good thing actually to because I think. But I said this when I was doing Best of Both Worlds that if I had known. I, I don't think I would have been able to do what I did with Shelby, which was, I don't give a rat's ass who you are. Yeah. I've got a job to do. Mm -hmm. And I think if I did know, and I was cowed and I was like, oh my God, this is enormous. Um, I think it was better that I was just like, what are you talking about? You know, of course I've got a job to do. Get out of my way. You're in my way. Yeah. So I think it was kind of better. And so I didn't even know what the ship, you've got to remember we were all in masks it was like testing every day like um bring her in you know you're not coming on the set until right before and i was whisked through this tunnel up a flight of stairs through the back way and then when i saw the ship it was like holy crap it i wish i had a picture of that of that image of the set it is beyond belief it was it was so different from the shaking cardboard uh, that guy. No, no, I didn't mean any insult to the people who built the set. But in 1990, a lot has happened since 1990. Yeah. Like in 1990, it was you know, a, a, you know, a, an established set. This was fancy. This was huge and overwhelming. But I didn't know what the significance of what what ship this was or or. I'm glad I was an admiral. 
and finally Shelby has a name. I'm glad my hair was better than the first time. You know, my hairdo was a lot uh, cooler than last time. I hated my hair back then. Um, and I was really glad that I was in this um, badass suit that I felt, I felt really uh, strong, confident in, but I didn't know what the significance of what this ship is. Had you seen had you seen any other part of the script? Did you know what was happening in the story or did you only see your lines? No, I read the whole script, but okay. still no context, um, which I know is is really being a bad actor. But I um, I do think it's better. I think it's better when an actor knows what the character knows. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, I buy that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I agree with that, but I totally get that. Absolutely. Well, I think it's important to read the whole script so you see what role you play in this in the in the story, but you almost have to forget. Like mm -hmm. I remember when I did the game, you know, I was in the very beginning of the movie and at the very end of the movie, and this character does not know everything that happens in the middle. So if you can read the whole script and understand why what your character is needed for, what the 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 device your character serves and how it serves it. That's great. But forget all the stuff that you don't know. The reappearance of um, uh, uh, Admiral Shelby uh, is absolute. It's bittersweet because they're playing for keeps this season and they're bringing back legacy characters like you and Ro Laren played by Michelle Forbes mm -hmm. and then killing them. Well, am I dead? Well, okay. Yes. Did you see the body? No, but you see her take a couple of phaser hits. Yeah. Um, and then the and then the transmission uh, ends. So it doesn't look good, I will say. <laughs> um, um particularly when we see, and this is another, I mean, people might not even be uh mourning the loss of Shelby because we're also mourning the loss in this episode of fan favorite new character Captain Liam Shaw. Who has played by St Todd Stashwick, who has who oh, died oh, in this episode? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Sorry, spoilers. Oh, Everybody was crazy about him. Yeah, I mean, he he seems pretty dead. Wow. <laughs> well, I I kind of felt like it was when I read the script. I was like, oh, no, spinoff. Um, but I think <laughs> I think it's cut. Look, you know, I was on the guiding light where they brought back Michael Zaslow. You know, they can do anything. So I'm sad about Michelle. Michelle and I, speaking of Guiding Light, we were on the Guiding Light together. We were dressing roommates. That's... See, like I said, everybody knows everybody. Well, and that was why I wanted to go to you for this direct intel. Do you have any idea where Miles O'Brien is? I can't, Colin, you know, no disparaging the Star Trek universe, but he's so busy. He works all the time. Yeah. So, um, and he lives you know, overseas. And so I don't know what they could offer him to get him to come back to LA, you know, yeah. I, yeah. I, but yeah, my, um, so saying everybody knows everybody. Colm is one of James's oldest and dearest friends. They were teenagers together in Ireland. So I knew I've known Colm for, you know, a really, really long time. I was really good friends with his, his, um, late wife, Barbara Dowling. And she and I did. So this is a crazy story. Barbara Dowling, when I moved to LA, Barbara Dowling and I did a play together at South Coast Rep with Simon Templeman, who's married to Rosalind Chow. While we were down at South Coast, Simon got off the phone from talking to 
bras and said to Barbara, my wife just got cast as your husband's wife on a show called Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Simon ended up being godfather to William, my son, and Simon and Roz are dear, dear friends of ours. And, you know, of course, we're, we were always friends with Colm. So it's crazy. It's so weird. It's we all know each other. It's Especially the Irish. The Irish all know each other. The Irish mafia in L.A. is strong, yeah. Well, and that's interesting, really interesting um, thematically with this episode nine of Picard. Literally, uh, Riker, Jonathan Frakes, literally says um, to Picard, we are your family. Your family is our family. My name is Will Wheaton. I know, I can't believe it either. And you are listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? We'll perform the complete history of comedy abridged three times this week in Pueblo, Basalt, and Lone Tree, Colorado on April 19th, 21st, and 22nd, 2023. We'll also have three performances of the complete history of comedy abridged in North Carolina in July. We're finally returning to the Blumenthal Center in Charlotte on July 13th and 14th and Appalachian State University on July 16th, 2023. Check out the touring page at our website, reducedshakespeare.com, or our Facebook page or our Twitter feed at Reduced for the latest information. Now back to my conversation with my friend Elizabeth Dennehy, whose reappearance in the penultimate episode of Star Trek Picard's third and final season this week was a very welcome return. I was asking Elizabeth whether she got to work with Shelby's former nemesis, Will Riker, a.k.a. actor Jonathan Frakes. Did you get to work with Frakes again? He was on the set. Um, He wasn't directing. Terry was directing, but he was there. Um, And like I said, I think they were really trying to limit people's exposure to each other. I never saw Patrick. um, You know, I was on the, um, what do you call it? Where you sit in the big chair. The bridge. I was on the bridge in the chair. um, And it was great to see Jonathan. I wish, I don't know why we didn't take pictures. We should have taken pictures of the set and stuff. But um, I remember being in the makeup chair um, and going over my lines. They, I, I was very grateful. They gave me the script a good long time before I, I came in. I, Cause it was a long speech. I would say it was like, like a two and a half page speech. And I really, thank God I have a facility for memorizing lines. And I was in the makeup chair and, um, Marina and I were chatting and I chat, I saw LaVar and it was, yeah, everybody was so friendly and nice. And so, I mean, I've seen them. I saw them all at, um, what was that? Uh, Blunt Talk, that show that um, Patrick did with Seth MacFarlane. I saw them all at that. And I've and, seen them at conventions. And Adrian Scarborough, our friend Adrian yes, Scarborough. Adrian yeah. Scarborough. So we, that was great. And, and um, Marina was like, oh yeah, they have teleprompters all over the place. And I'm like, now they tell me. <laughs> you know, nobody ever said. There's t- <laughs> now that I broke my brain learning this speech, and when I got on the set, they said, "You want to te- you want a prompter?" And I was like, "No, I think I got it." I actually don't like using a teleprompter because if you for if you do get lost, then you have to look for your place on the 
I, I, I just, I yeah. there's too many things to think about. Yeah, no, um, agreed. And it's a and it's a great speech you have too, because it uh, honestly for a heartbeat there, I went, oh wait a second, oh my gosh, she's been taken over by a changeling. We've we've seen that happen in another legacy character, Tuvok, that we were happy, to, we were excited to see. It turns out he's a changeling. I was going, oh my god, is Shelby a changeling? Because the the stuff that she's talking about is so ironic that you've embraced Borg. Uh, conformity into Starfleet, you could easily be be a changeling, but you're not. I mean, or, or are you? Or am I? Right. Oh, maybe the real shell. You're right. Maybe they killed the changeling, Shelby. Oh, I'm going to cling to that thought, Elizabeth. And maybe, maybe um, Captain Shaw, the same thing. I mean, you can do anything. You're right. Sci-fi, you can do anything. Well, and it's a tribute to Terry Madelis and what he's done because they have they have gone through jumped through so many great intelligent hoops to bring us this season of Picard. I'm just so thrilled that it included you. Oh, another full circle thing. My son, who when William was in high school, he made a student film. And he needed two moms. And so Monica Rosenthal, this is a show, a movie called Carpool. And like the mean mom won't let the other, like they're, they're, they're just carpool mom fights. You can just use your imagination. And uh, because I'm friends, Monica Rosenthal was one mom and Rosalind Chow was the other mom. And Rosalind Chow's daughter was William's classmate, Issa Briones. Wow. Yes, in a student film. And when the movie aired, all, all our friends were like, how did you get these actors? But, you know, living in Hollywood and these are your friends and just like, who would be a good daughter for Rosalind Chow? Issa's perfect. So from Issa Briones from the first two seasons of Picard. Amazing. Isn't that funny? I mean, you know, and the Hamilton tour. Oh, they, I didn't I, know that. She played Eliza in one of the tours, one of the... um national tours like i think she was 18 and she's like the youngest principal in hamilton ever like the youngest actor to be cast as one of the you know principal parts wow oh my yeah. gosh full circle see we know everybody you do know everybody that's the that is the beauty of uh, living in la i i i i the only part of living in la that i miss is that small world aspect of everybody knowing everybody else it is the best That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except for one more thing, which I'll share with you in about 60 seconds, so stick around. Send us your nerdy Star Trek thoughts via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com or throw a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com, or visit my website, theshakespeareans.com. You can also follow Elizabeth Dennehy on Twitter at Dennehy Eliza and on Instagram at Elizabeth Hannah Dennehy. Thanks, as always, to definitely, probably not a changeling Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Kaylee Lofgreen. No reason, it is just random. Special thanks to Will Wheaton, who played Wesley Crusher on Star Trek The Next Generation and now hosts The Ready Room, the behind-the-scenes companion show to all the Star Trek series. His conversation with Elizabeth and Jonathan Frakes together is a must-see. 
And as always, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe, get your boosters, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 854 2560 seconds of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Will Wheaton and Jonathan and I sat down and did a Ready Room episode. Mm. We had a great time. It was Will Wheaton is, oh my gosh, an amazing, an amazing human being. And we had a lovely, lovely time chatting. Um, and it's just so it's nice. You know, I I can't I'm trying to think of a um a multiverse that has keep circling back and bringing back you once you are in the family you stay you're in the family for life and that's really lovely and when i go to the conventions even if people we weren't in the same worlds like john billingsley um is become a good friend like we we will hang out socially and meeting the board queen alice that was incredible um and you know i think I would love to say is that when I was a hothead, you know, 28 year old kind of like, I remember when I auditioned for Best of Both Worlds and I was, you know, I was a classically trained actress and I was like, oh, some stupid sci-fi show. And I remember going in the audition room and seeing um, Joanna Pakula, who had just gotten um, done Gorky Park with my dad right. in the waiting room. And I went, oh my God, this must be a big deal. This is, a, you know, everybody's talking about Joanna Pakula now. And suddenly shored up and gone, wow, this must be important. And the fact that I got it, just incredible. And so the whole thing has been uh, a learning curve for me of humility and grace and family. And then like the cameos and the mail, the fan mail I get and the conventions. Like I now look back and go, I can't believe I was for a second disparaging that I'm just so incredibly grateful to have that, to have something so meaningful to so many people. It's very, very moving, very, very flattering and very touching. I'm just incredibly grateful. And um, I'm gl so glad that it's out now because um, I did forget about it for a long time while I was shooting my Western in Utah with Kevin Foster. <laughs> but uh, now that the secret's out, I can... It's amazing. It's so it's so exciting, and and I'm I'm impressed with. I mean, it's been the the episode has only been online for just under just around twelve hours, and yet it, you it hasn't been spoiled yet, that as far as I've seen. And I'm just waiting in terms in terms of conventions. I'm just waiting for um, conventions to start up around the West Wing or the David E. Kelly universe, because that's the only chance I'm ever going to have at going to a convention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should come. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah. As a fan, as a devotee, was it satisfying how they brought Shelby back? It was, as I said, it was bittersweet because I wanted you to have a bigger, a, a bigger part in the fight. But dramatically, it, dramatically what they did with your character, killing off your character, again, just raises the stakes. The stakes... I mean, I can't think of higher stakes in a Star Trek story than this one. I mean, I thought I thought the best of both worlds was pretty high stakes. I thought the crashing the Enterprise on any number of planets that they've crashed the Enterprise on was pretty high stakes. This feels the highest of stakes that I can remember, even more than all the time travel nonsense, which I love. I'm a big, huge fan of time travel nonsense. 
Um, but yes, I, but, but also just as a fan of you, I, I don't, I don't want her to be dead because I want Shelby to continue. Me too. I would love that. Especially since I don't have to wear that horrible jumpsuit. That was yeah. my biggest thing was, Oh God, now that I'm 30 years older, nobody wants to see that. Everybody, the ready room, I've been watching the ready room religiously and they've all been talking about how the costumes are so much nicer and more more forgiving and more comfortable flattering and you know yeah. you want to feel confident you want to you don't want to feel like you have to suck your stomach in all the time while you're saving the world this podcast is a production of the reduce shakespeare company reducing expectations since 1981 go to reduce for performance dates after bios email newsletters and so much less so much less so much less so much less